Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on July 3rd, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat as we continue our discussion over League of Legends. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congratulations to those who have signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 this is the totally not getting ready to tweet a picture out of blue on that Twitter. So Green rude. Eye Music Lover. Rude. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, whatever. And last but definitely not least in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend Dancy Vru. Vru, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm still reminiscing like, you know, the innocence I had until I watched certain animes. <laughs> Like it just all came back to me. I don't understand. Uh, I don't. I don't get it. Like it's not like Master Roshi was. Uh, oh wait. Well, no, it's you know mainly Hunter Hunter. When you oh, think, <laughs> when you think it's about you know a sweet little boy, you know who wants to like go on an adventure, become a hunter, you know hunt. You know, as the opening sequence suggested, wants to hunt down you know treasures and looking for his father, you know. Until he encounters another hunter who's much, like, definitely looks older than him, but seems to be, like, power sexual and really into him. And, yeah, it is, uh, it's... It was was um, a very interesting show. Let's just leave it at that. (laughs) It was a rite of passage, for sure. (laughs) It's everyone has to have their crucible. Um, yeah. But but to kinda to kinda jump back into the uh the League of Legends aspect. So we, we talked about like the game mechanics in in a lot mm-hmm. of depth with the first part. Uh so how how do we how do we see that transition into the narrative or the you know, as we call it the lore of the League of Legends game world like how does that how does that cross over how would you say that yep so league of legends um if you compare to like other games um it's not your traditional like game that has campaigns um it has it is more like um it uses more of the um Typical to like like some other PvP games like this, what we call in Destiny Lore Taps. Um, mm-hmm. So we talked about in the intro se- uh, section where um, the player summons a champion. There's like a, a pool of champions they can like choose from, and in the end, it's a five versus five, like five champions versus five other champions. And if you want to know more about them, um, when you play the game, you have a client. And uh, that client is called 
actually, I don't know why it's called that. It's called pvp.net. That's the client. Um, uh, I can't remember like uh, if there's any uh, like specifics to that, but uh, yeah, th- that's the client that you like. Pl- um, that you need to have open. Um, it's like you know where your friends list is, and you know your where you can go buy some like cosmetic skins and stuff like through microtransactions, and that's where you also see your collections of um, champions you possess and. Mm-hmm. Uh, disregarding if you like actually own the champions or not, you can still like look up their lore tab. Now there used to be, I guess, hinted at the intro. There was there was like um, a reboot, and as far as I can tell, there was like multiple ones, like minor and major ones. And mm-hmm. uh, every time I came back to League of Legends, I also saw how they. Law tabs like shifted and changed in like depth uh, as well as uh, you know uh, how much there was to read. Um, now they're all like very short because they're all like reference to a sub page of League of Legends, which Riot finally has like curated like its universe and the world building in the sub page, and that's how where we mainly gonna talk about in reference to. Um, to the law, like for the listeners, um, website universe.leagueoflegends.com. And we're going to mainly reference that. Um, but as for the game itself, where you can like see the storytelling aspect of things, um, there are sometimes like events um, you have in the game, like based on missions, and it's usually tied with the official release, like official releases of. Um, new champions Mm -hmm. uh, because then you obviously have um, a new lore tab to like deal with and very often when a champion's released um, there's like usually like immediate connections to other champions and based on these lore tabs uh, can sometimes be like a continuity of what you've read from another champion Um, and so you have like an idea like with the release of this champion, like as a playable champion, something happened in the universe. And to like commemorate that, there's usually like events like around that release um, with like specific missions, you know, where you have missions like play, play a game of, uh, play a game of League of Legends with champions from, and then, you know, insert a specific location from Rune Terra. And then it's also listed, like, with which champions. And then you get, like, bonuses, like, um, uh, like in-game currencies you can use to buy champions uh, and or buy skins. Um, and then we have, based on what champions your teammate going to choose, sometimes there are some voice line interactions in-game. Okay. Um, there was an occasion where, for example, um, two champions got released at the same time, and the reason why is these two were a couple, like inseparable couple, uh, and they have some minor, like gameplay mechanics, like uh, like bonus mechanics when those two are played together. Conveniently, one of them is a bot lane like marksman and the other one is a support. So those two could could be played together. 
and yeah, if if those two play, uh, play together, there are like some you know additional bonuses to their mechanics when they're like close to each other, um, like increased range and things like that, as well as like these randomized voice lines, um, like that they flirt with each other and things like that, and which they started to incorporate like more and more with the with the newer champs when there is a some sort of a relationship with another existing champion. Um, there are also some like uh, um, like in-game text feed cues when you have a champion that is known in the law to to be looking out for another champion to hunt down. Um, uh, like two of those champions, like there's a champion called Rengar who wants to hunt down a champion called Kha'Zix and when in, each, when in your team there's a Rengar and in the enemy team is a Kha'Zix, and when they see each, each other, the, the in-game text feed says, the hunt is on, for example. Nice. Uh, to like, to like uh, pay like an homage to, to what happened in the lore and things like that. Uh, um, then outside of that, uh, like uh, on, the, on the subpage, we have comics, uh, short stories, um, and more importantly, uh, um, that is like maybe more dominant, like uh, especially for people who are not converse with um, with League of Legends, but can see it from the outside. Uh, cinematic trailers. Uh, now I mentioned in the intro section, there's like some interesting connection to Destiny. Um, so. If I'm not mistaken, uh, there might be like multiple studios involved, but from what I can tell, one major studio that does the cinematic cutscenes is um, Axis Animations or uh, Axis Studios. They also did the they did a few cutscenes in Destiny 2, and it's the ones where, depending on the content, the camera zooms into the logo of the content. Then shows the enemy side, um, goal, the goal scenes, and with the with the red wall campaign where it like pans into the red like the red legion logo, and the same mm-hmm. for Forsaken uh, where it pans into all the old room scenes. These were done by Axis Studios as well, um, as well as, as some others, um, and yes, yeah, usually these cinematic trailers they like kind of show like. Some moments that people who are like like um, who know the law like know what this is referencing, but it's usually in a, in a way that it introduces new champions. Um, I think Riot usually pairs it with like like all these major releases. Um, usually happens during a cup uh, d- during a tournament um, and. Uh, yeah, it is uh, like someone said in the chat, and you mentioned it earlier as well. Like, it is like this is an aspect that Overwatch does as well. Um, with with this cinematic, mm-hmm. like these cutscenes, and I love those um, yeah, they, these are these are quite awesome, uh, very interesting. Um, if we want to look now at other storytelling mediums, last year there was the 10 year anniversary from Riot Games. Um, where they opened up their portfolio to announce a couple of other things. Um, 
one of those things was uh, which is now officially released um, the shooter Valorant, but it has nothing to do with League of Legends, even though the name might suggest that. Um, but there are some other spin-offs that are like that have now official releases. Uh, one of them is a card game called Legends of Rune Terra. Um, for those who want to get into the world building and universe of League of Legends, or like in general, you know, the visual themes and like just to engage with the world of League of Legends uh, and are familiar with Magic the Gathering, I highly recommend playing Legends of Rune Terra. Uh, it is now out of beta. Um, it is free to play. Um, in terms of mechanics, it's it is like Magic the Gathering, but with the pacing mechanics of Hearthstone. Oh, um, that's interesting. Um, something interesting about all these cards have lore artworks that you can right-click on. Uh, they're all beautiful, and they have like they all have, have like a flavor text and um, like contribute to the world building. And uh, yeah, they're. Uh, Riot Games announced um, a project with the in-house publishing team called Riot Forge. They announced uh, like a couple of spin-off series. One of them is um, it is from another studio. I forgot which one is uh, which one is called. They don't have a name for it yet, I believe. But it is going to be a story game um, based on the concept art they've shown it looks like it's gonna be um like a metroidvania kind of game um or at least like a like a side-scrolling platformer game with one of the champions as the main protagonist and yeah it's like a story-driven game uh where we get to see the story of that one champion um they have like other games uh like unspecified projects They've announced uh, um, with Riot Forge and like external studios to get some other stu- uh, story games done. I teased at we will get back to it at the end, but I teased at um, at the idea that League of Legends has a multiverse now. Uh, why that's a thing now is because not only champions have. Uh, law tabs in the in the client. Uh, their skins have now as well. So if if you buy like skins that's like especially like something completely different, then yeah, there's like something entirely different law that has nothing to do with uh, Rune Terra. And for now, there seem to be like just like puzzle pieces because we don't have the we don't have the um, the same depth for for. Rune Terra that like these other universes have, but they're, they're like hinted that they already have like some uh, like sub tabs on, on that sub page, um, like for for Star Guardians, Odyssey, and KDA. Uh, I haven't looked into the KDA yet. I still need to need to wrap my head around that. We're like, well, because that was an alternate skin to the already existing champions, right? Yeah, yeah. Like these skins are all like, yeah, these are all like. Um, you know, like ornaments to weapons in uh, Destiny. Right, 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 right. Um, 
some like a unique experience in League of Legends that I haven't really seen like like that intensely in other games is you have like these different like tiers of skins. Obviously, these tiers are like represented by like the amount of uh, money they cost. Um, the more expensive they are, the more they actually do stuff that like changes like uh, in game. Um, for example, let's see like a champion that does like um, that does uh, like like uh, dark magic uses dark magic um, like it's a dark purple colors used to visualize that in game like with the visual effects. Mm-hmm. Um, put like a um, choose like a different skin where where she's suddenly like there are these uh, like. Oceanic skins, um, like the deep something, like referencing water, like the, the ocean. And then that champion is no longer shooting with dark magic, but actually with water. But it is the same effect. It's the same the same visual effects, just uh, the color and style has been changed. Uh, so it, it really looks like it's uh, the champion is no longer like having like dark magic abilities but instead like water abilities um which is really cool and yeah like for the first time i think it started like two years ago like skins are actually having law now hinting at at the multiverse like at uh, alternate realities and things like that um yeah so uh obviously there, there are comics and short stories the short stories these are like like very specific chapters of the each of these champions' lives, like something specific that happened. Um, but as you mentioned with the reboot, there seem to have been like a lot of changes, and the major difference between the first time I looked into the lore and the last time I looked, like when I um, I knew that the universe subpage was a thing, mm-hmm. and when I started to look into it like properly, like um, uh, like at the beginning of this month and, and like for this episode, realized like there's been a lot of changes for one and and second secondly, uh, it is quite a lot like very complex. That's why um, what I'm gonna do like uh, when we go through Rune Terra, I'm gonna like heavily summarize um. And also, you know, simultaneously for you to also to give the opportunity to simultaneously like look at these subpages like on a second monitor or something as as I reference to things to see, you know, the the uniqueness of League of Legends is they are using obviously like like tropes that you've seen in mm-hmm. other Yeah, because I know things. I know yeah. like some of the geography areas, like especially some of the I think the newer ones, because I think there's the Ikathia, I think, is the one that stood out to Ikathia, me. Yeah, Ikathia, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a city that's like entirely inspired by Lovecraftian themes, and it's like I was like, "What? That is so mm-hmm. cool." Um, whereas then you have like, is it Noc- Noxus? Noxus? Noxus is the um, Roman Empire mm-hmm. one. Noxus, so, yeah. So yeah, yeah exactly. the geography seems like it's really kind of all over the place, but. Also, somewhat mm-hmm. like they, they're talking about an entire planet, so that's not a huge surprise. Yeah, exactly. So, um, 
when you look at the map of Rune Terra, obviously it's not that visible um, because it's it's flat. Um, cue the beginning of the intro section about flat Earth. Um, but uh, yeah, it is a planet. So even if it looks like very small, like the, when you look at the continent, uh, yeah, you have to imagine it is. Um, it is. Uh, yeah, it's like spherical, and it's probably. Based on you know what what some of these uh, champion bias like have written, um, it's potentially larger than Earth, even with with just these continents. Um, and the good thing about this subpage is it has this um, this scattershotedness that you might be familiar with with the Grimoire cards of Destiny One, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where doesn't matter where you start because as you read through you will encounter encounter something that is intersected with another thing uh and not just within these specific locations of Terra, it's like all over the place and um uh something i realized while reading there's some stuff that i've read like years ago like a couple of years ago like first time when i played the game uh that is no longer there in in like like in the same phrasing because what Riot Games also started doing with the subpage, uh, which I really appreciate is uh like proper copy editing as as the universe like uh moves forward. Um like certain events they're no longer selling it as something that just like immediately happened. They um they do like uh, reiterate on these uh, law tabs, and as as the story progresses, um, and yeah, something really interesting about League of Legends, um, especially with the visual themes. When I mentioned earlier, with like similar tropes from other things, you would think like someone who who's hearing about League of Legends the first time and looked at all these visuals that. This multiverse concept is all within the same planet, but no, that that's that's not even that's not even the the multiverse aspect of things. These are actually like all these different cultures. They also have like different different level of technology. Like um, as you mentioned, like Noxus is inspired by this um, by the the notion of Roman Empire, like Roman structures, but like in terms of technology, is a bit different. You have your you have your typical medieval kingdom. You have your I like to call it uh, the dreaming city of League of Legends in the east, uh, and yeah, the the um, you have your typical like the pirate pirate theme as well. Um, the the archaeological uh, aspect of it as well, and all like cobbled together in like on one planet. Um, before I'm gonna, before we go, we're gonna look at the world building and, and the champions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I want to share something like, uh, I want to talk to you, uh, to you guys about an event that happened that in, that unfortunately, uh, like for some reason, they're not doing things like that anymore. Uh, was it like a was it like a live event like the Destiny community witnessed with the Warsat or yeah it's, sort of 
So, yeah, it, it goes into that direction. If you want to talk about how changes to Skyboxes um, uh, work in tandem with the moving narrative, then yes, uh-huh. that's what I mean. And since I've experienced that event, um, I'm under a strong impression that not everything have to be just uh, like resulted in that's just gameplay. That's just gameplay mechanics. That's just gameplay mechanics. Uh, and I think I genuinely think like really anything could be explained um, with given time and resources. So um, if we so for this for this example, I'm gonna talk about. Um, it might be helpful to have like on the subpage under the regions to have the the one for. Bilgewater open. Okay. Um, because that's the best way to have all the major champions uh, like um, visible at the same time instead of like clicking back and forth. Um, so at some point in League of Legends, um, I think it was actually during the year uh, where I, where my friends and I actually played the first time and then experienced this event. And the uh, it was about Bilgewater, uh, which is like um, it's like it's it's a port city um, where everyone like anyone can go there and live there, and there's like no law. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter if you've branded a criminal from whichever region you came from, like in Rune Terra, and in in, in Bilgewater, it doesn't matter and. That's why it's also like the, the main location for pirates, and um, usually, when when you look at League, League of Legends in terms of gameplay, there are some modes that you know don't make sense in terms of story. It's just like a gimmicky features. Um, there's like a, a mode called uh, Ultra Rapid Fire. Or short orf, which is basically the same like League of Legends, like game mode, the the Summoner's Rift, but with heavily reduced cooldown cooldown reduction, like a, like heavy cooldown reduction and amplified mana regeneration. It's a it's the what's it called blue in you like to reference that in Halo? It's in Mayhem. Oh, uh, yeah, Super Fiesta. Or, yeah, it's kind of like the super fiesta of League of Legends, and if you look at mo- modes like that, um, there is like no, um, there's like no story aspect to that, like why that happens. Um, but there was like a, uh, excuse me, okay, there we go. Um, there was an event, and uh, before that event happened. Riot Games told the the community like um, this is something they always do, and um, one of the champions that you see for Bilgewater, Gangplank, and he's a he's a notorious pirate. Um, he used to look differently. He also used to have different abilities, and he was kind of like meh in terms of gameplay and didn't really fit well like with his gameplay um it lacked a little bit of identity 
uh, it seemed like generic, and also the amount of time he was picked to to play was also a bit strange. So they uh, they announced that Gangplank's going to get the rework. And then for a time, they never talked about it again. <laughs> and and then... We said the thing, and it just slid it under the rug. Was, you know. <laughs> then, then this event happened. And the way this event happened is... Um, it was a, it was a Bilgewater themed event, and I believe usually when these events happen, um, they are usually obviously like you know the, the sales on, on on certain skins that are themed around what happened in a narrative. So mm-hmm, anything mm-hmm. Bilgewater related skins have like a have a, um, they have a discount on and things like that, as well as the you know the missions I mentioned. Um, what was happening this time though was. Um, so I can't remember if it was each day or like each second or third day. It might as well have been like each week rather. Um, I feel like it was shorter, but every like every other day at least a chapter was released. Um, and it was like around the champions Gangplank, Graves, Misfortune, and Twisted Fates. Oh yeah, one thing we should like some of these champions' names—they're—they're they're quite puns. Um, They—they like—they like doing that, like misfortune. Um, so it was uh, revolved around these four characters, um, and each like every couple of days, like a chapter got released, and something was uh, something was going on in in the in the, in the law. Um, and to briefly like explain what happened there. Uh, the character misfortune she's a marksman she has like her like dual hand cannons and with her lore she um i'm like basically like remembering from back then there might have been like some new stuff right now but back then she was um it was said that her parents died by 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 someone and uh, it was like barely explained by whom mm-hmm. um and and the law between like graves and twisted fate they had a shared history they used to be like partners in crime and then according to graves and uh, twisted fate abandoned him and since they since then they've been like uh, graves been like trying to hunt him down while twisted fate he's like he's just like a bit laid back he it seems like he just did, didn't want to you know He's like more, more like someone who embraces freedom, and uh, uh, if if I remember correctly, he maybe de- like underestimated the friendship Graves felt towards him, and that's why he's maybe shocked by his reaction. Either way, something happened where um, Graves thinks he betrayed him, but it was during the chapter that was revealed that was not the case, and Graves was just like too stubborn to like. Uh, to see that, and during the event, the, when the ch- uh, with the chapters, Gangplank, Graves, Misfortune, and Twisted Fate, each of the chapters, um, it was uh, you could tell that all of them are in Bilgewater, in uh, all in like different like houses and taverns and um, doing their own thing. Um, for Twisted Fate. Um, he used to like to just 
shortly explain his his splash art here. Uh, in game, he throws like magically charged cards. He's a mage. Uh, his projectiles are cards, and that's also the the, the play of his name, Twisted Fate, like uh, the, mm-hmm. the play on t- tarot cards, uh, prob- uh, probably. And uh, during the chapter uh, for Twisted Fate, like some little boy approached him and said, "There's like he was apparently looking for a specific treasure that was on the ship of Gangplank." Um, and he said, like during these and these t- times, Gangplank uh, usually in uh, in a bar, like drinking with his crew, and then to, uh, it's uh, said that Twisted Fate went there. And that boy also came to Graves during Graves' chapter uh, and said, uh, the one he's been hunting for, um, Twisted Fate, he's going to be on the pirate ship on, on that and that time. Uh, and so he, he was ready, like, um, and like finally he, he found his, uh, found his um, old friend he wanted to hunt down, and so he went there. Um the two of them also seem to be like a target for Gangplank. So the boy also um, went to Gangplank and like told them, hey, these two people, they're on your ship right now. Um, and he was very angry. And what is interesting about this, um, up until then in the law, it was Gangplank is very evil, like very like a... Like, um, like really like a true bad guy, like really doesn't care about loss. And during that chapter, you know, he actually rewarded the boy beforehand, like told him, uh, told his crew, give him a warm meal. Uh, and, uh, and when he turns out to be right, also give him gold. Otherwise just le- uh, let him go. And so he, he went to his ship and then the next chapter, like, Graves approached uh, Twisted Fate on the ship after Twisted Fate realized there was no, there like the the artifact the boy was talking about was not there, um, and then he saw Graves and then oh, and then the both of them fought on the ship, and then uh, Gangplank came and he he saw both of them and attacked attacked both of them with the with, with his crew and. That was also an interesting moment between Graves and Twisted Fate, where they finally like they were able to um, talk about their past and like talk it out what actually happened. And Graves was able to like like um, you know chill like chill down a bit and like um, like realize that he was like just uh, like just uh, like very stubborn about this whole thing and very. Mm-hmm. Had had a tunnel vision about this whole thing, and especially after seeing how quickly Twisted Fate reacted when people started shooting at Graves, and uh, he tried to save him. And so, two of them, um, they eventually uh, were able to escape, but not without not without an explosion that happened on the ship, um, which was set up by misfortune. And in her chapter, it was revealed she sent the boy. To, to set all these characters up on the ship to have like a major uh, like a fight out because she knew about the relationship between all of these and during that chapter um, it was also revealed Gangplank was the father 
uh, uh, sorry, Gangplank was the one who uh, killed uh, her parents, and the chapter ended um, with Gangplank seemingly dying. For the next couple of days, Gangplank was not playable in-game. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I like, actually, the, I like that. It actually puts weight to what happened. Yeah. And then, after a couple of days, the last chapter came, and that was from Gangplank. He managed to reach out to a underworld doctor who is um, skilled at um, implants and things like that, uh, because he lost his arm from the explosion. And yeah, he got he gave him like a new like a like a mechanical arm and things like that. And that's how Gangplank returned to the game with his announced rework. Um, and that was then the end of the event. Uh, and they had some other events after this, but nothing like in the scale where it actually affected the gameplay this deeply. Um, they did some, we had some other reworks um, with champions, but they, they never resulted like in a event, like in events like this, um, where it was like step by step, like explained. And uh, like nowadays, these rework. These reworks nowadays happen like in tandem with rewriting uh, a lot of these champions' lore and matching the new um, the new narrative that they at least seem to be consistent. Like from like since they started this whole subpage thing, but yeah, this is I found this like really incredible. Like to tie the story into a, a rework like um, of a character that was needed for the gameplay for the meta and. Uh, yeah, this is like another way they um, they explained the story, and hmm. yeah, it's, so I like I like you know to kind of to start kind of start and wrap that up. I like the 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 idea that you presented there with like the combination of the game mechanics and the narrative actually syncing mm-hmm. up like that. That's really really mm-hmm. cool. It's like a really interesting way to take a character that. You know, maybe, maybe and this might be the other thing is like you could take a character that's not really the fan favorite or, you know, it's there's something that needs to be done with them and use the narrative to explain, OK, we're going to take him offline or her offline for, you know, a week or so while we rework them, but then have mm-hmm. that disappearance explained in the narrative. I think that's really cool. Like, I, I think yeah, that's a really, a, like it really shows. Smart, right. Well, it, it also shows the 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 dedication that the team has to actually making sure that everything kind of stay like that that immersion mm-hmm. is is not broken i think that's really kind of a cool idea i really i yeah. really appreciate that yeah it, it was like it worked really well because they decided to never talk about the rework again oh yeah that's that's <laughs> really funny too because because um yeah it was kind of obvious they they plant this they plant this like uh they wanted us to like uh, subvert uh, our expectations, and uh, obviously we knew the rework was going to happen. But when the chapter came online, oh wow! Like how how awesome is that? Uh, it was really cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, nowadays every time you know, Champion gets uh, gets released, um, they have the opportunity to update law tabs as well as now, like you know, officially release short stories. On the subpage uh, and and comics, and as they go on, the buyer of these characters um, 
they get updated. And it is, as you guys said, um, there's like no main character. Uh, all these champions are characters and uh, they all move like the story as the story moves them, so I to speak. My question for you would be kind of a, a final teaser to get people to go kind of look up things on their own. Mm-hmm. Is do you have a favorite character story out of all of them? Because you said like there's over 140 of them. There's a lot of stories to choose from. Is there one story in particular that's your favorite? Favorite? Uh, ooh, like this is really they're like like a lot of things. Um, something that I realized is my favorite champion I play with in game aren't necessarily my favorite characters. Okay. Um, and when we want to talk about um, favorite character, that not necessarily like favorite, but just like the one that I am impressed by the most right now. Okay. If we go like under the regions to the Bandle City, um, Bandle City is a really like a like a fabled mythical place in Rune Terra. You also don't see it like, and then uh, when you look at the map, you don't like see it immediately until you zoom into Valoran, the, the the northern continent, and then you see like like some some like yellow sparkly glitter as you zoom into. Uh, Bandal City is, um, it's in the spirit world. It has its own reality, the, the city, and it is like. Um, the people who live there are the the yordles, which you see under the Bandle City under the champions. Uh, they they're all very <laughs> I tiny. I love them. They are so cool. cute. Um, and <laughs> that's all you had to say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and the ones who look really serious, they would really appreciate it if you also take them seriously. <laughs> Um, these yodels, they what they all have in common is, um, they're all about creativity and um about some about you know mischief, uh, but it's all in a playful way. They've been in Rune Terra since um, like pretty much since the beginning, uh, and they have like secret pathways from Bandle City that is like like goes throughout the fabrication of the material world of Runeterra. Uh, and they can like see, they can look at everything uh, without being seen uh, with their magic. They have like very, sp- like very special magic. It's like your typical, you know, fey magic, like the, um, they're very, like fairy- yeah, like, uh, like you uh, very fairy, like that you might see from other fantasy. Um, some of these, Yodels, because of their, um, because of their creativity, they go to a city. Like a lot of them went to the city of um, Piltover, mm-hmm. which uh, has a tech- which has a technological boom, and like it gets to the point where you don't even see like these are these aren't all yodels. These are just the ones that are like like emotionally affiliated with Bandel City. But some some yodels um, are now affiliated with other uh, other cities on, on in Rune Terra, and yeah, to like 
like convert the creativity into um into the imagination with the you know tinkering uh, technology and uh, like Corky is he's part of a squadron um <laughs> and Nar is the listen. one that I like he's so adorable <laughs> oh yeah Gnar Gnar is uh... he's cute but he he's... looks like a gremlin uh yeah he's also really scary when he gets upset <laughs> yes so <laughs> Wearing a bone hat. Look at Gnar his head. is a is in the modern uh, side, like in, in the far cold north in Freljord. Um and he is he has like two goals in his life. Okay. To, to kill, I'm assuming is one of them. No. Number no. one is number one is collect um cool looking things. Okay, he's a thief, got it. And number two is to throw them. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> he likes throwing things. He, uh, cool. <laughs> he has like he has a jawbone from a creature he picked up as a boomerang, and that's his gameplay mechanic in game. He's a uh, that's his basic attack, throwing that boomerang, and uh-huh. he's always excited when he comes back. Um, <laughs> And it's like it's like a corgi that has a thing that he can throw and it comes back. <laughs> yeah. And he is um he was caught up in a like in a in a cataclysmic event in Freljord. Um he because he didn't have any other yodels, he looked at the Yetis and thought, hmm. Yeah, these are these are just large yodels. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I'm gonna befriend them. Uh, so he, uh, so he wanted to befriend. He firstly he he's like very shy. He wants to like look at them from a distance, you know. But you know the thing is, in the north, it's like all like like barbaric tribes mm-hmm. that are like that are fighting each other because it's like very harsh. Very harsh life in the north, and um, these yetis they all got um, doing all this feuding, especially with the with the trolls that also live there. They they got killed, and he considered them, you know, friends, kind of. And uh, during one of these events, um, like a rift opened into the void, which is something that I'm gonna briefly explain, like to like to, to like end this whole thing um with the how runeterra came to be like a rift to the void opened by the way i give you one i mean you probably already saw it one guess which color is dominant with to the void i mean <laughs> is it the same as destiny and yeah. violet <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah um and like a creature of the void emerged and killed you know the the, the most of the yetis and um or you know large yordles and um he got so angry and he like he compared this feeling like he tried to imagine what it would feel like if his boomerang never came back <laughs> and Gosh. he got so angry and, and he's still like a bit like unclear maybe it's yodel magic but he was so angry he jumped at at that uh, at that void creature it, it was another champion like a playable champion Velkos. Uh, it's it's just an, an eye with tentacles. Oh, it's like uh, a beholder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he lashed at it, and 
he thought he's he had a snowball in his hand, throwing it at Velkos. What it really was was a large boulder because he didn't realize he turned into a monster, like like enlarged himself. Mm-hmm. But before anything could happen, um, another champion who prepared for the arrival of the of this void creature just froze everything uh, to like seal off um, this void creature. And since then, it's like in the in the howling abyss. Which is also the map of uh, of another mode um, where it's also five v five, but in like just one lane, um, like a uh, below in the abyss, uh, frozen in, in in ice, and you can still like you can walk on the ice and see the eye under it, the large eye. Oh, that's creepy. Uh, and he got frozen as well, and like like everything was like in in. Uh, in stasis, so to speak, for, for centuries uh, until I started melting. And this probably also has partly to do with um, Knar's uh, Yodel magic. Uh, his eyes began to thaw, and then he woke up, uh, and then he... Oh, thank God my boomerang is here. And he's uh, like... First things okay, first. Yeah. First and then things like, first, where's my boomerang? <laughs> He looked around like, uh, what happened? And then he was like, uh, oh, everything's changed. And that was so exciting for Gnar to like, so much new things to explore now. And yeah, that's that's basically the story. And, but um, like my favorite champion writer based on law is Poppy. She's uh, affiliated, affiliated with Demacia. Uh, Poppy is a very interesting yodel. Compared to all her other, uh, compared to the other Yodel who like embrace freedom and creativity, she's looking for more, you know, stability. And I, I, ha- I'll have you know, Poppy, even with her with a hammer twice her size, is a very independent Yodel. Uh, she, uh, she's very determined. Uh, She's the. Um, she's also very, very cute. She's the kind of character who, who would save your life from an unsolvable disaster, and then tells you that she's looking for uh, a hero and asks you if you've seen them. Um, she, uh, when she observed the humans, she was intrigued by one specific uh, settlement that was about to be built. And that was Demacia. Um, this was happen. Uh, this was happening after the Rune Wars, which is an event where everyone was like keen to use magical artifact to empower themselves, and it was well, basically devastated uh, uh, Rune Terra. And a lot of refugees um, came to a place where they found this that looked like fossilized trees. That was seemingly like jamming magic, and and you have to imagine these refugees—they were like terrified of magic, and so they started building a settlement made of these uh, of, of the properties of this tree, and built this medieval-looking kingdom now, uh, which is all in in white, like mixed with that with that magic jamming material and marble, and it's a very like beautiful and noble country. Of, of refugees and uh, 
with a very advanced militaristic behavior, like militaristic culture with um, uh, with armies and soldiers. And she, like before Demacia was born, she watched like like different caravans like uh, passing by, and then she saw one with like soldiers like marching all in like in a synchronized manner. Um, which she was like, um, she was amazed by, and because she, the way they, the way the soldiers, you know, build up tents, like all like very quickly and efficiently, and uh, went hunting for food, and she only knew that all from like using magic in Bandle City, and so, uh, she was very curious. She she wanted like that's it. It felt like there was this stability in her life. She wanted to, to you know, seek out. So she approached the tent and with the uh, commander there called uh, Orlon. Orlon was the commander. It just like out of nowhere, just approached these humans, and she had so many questions. And and Orlon also, after looking at Poppy, had so many questions. And uh, uh, eventually, these two. Um, they became inseparable, and unfortunately, Yordles, they have a very, lo- very long life. So she had to see Orlin die, um, and in his uh, like uh, on a dying bed, he gave her the hammer. Um, it is said that this hammer has apparently like magical properties, uh, and it was destined to be for for um, the supposed hero of Demacia. Uh, and only the hero of Demacia can wield its magical power, and and that's now her mission. Uh, Poppy is looking for the hero of Demacia. She has a ego problem. Meaning she has no ego, so she like she never considered uh, that she might be that hero. And yeah, her story is super cute. From what yeah, I've just kind of gathered from it, it's just that super tiny kid who is searching mm-hmm. for the hero, but kind of discovers their their own hero in a lot of ways, possibly. Yeah, very sweet. There's like a similar you like Tristana, who um, in a very shocking event, like experienced one of these portals to Bandel City, got devastated, and uh, so she tried to mimic how humans defend their houses and then like you know fortresses and she got to see that from uh piltover and <laughs> she was very serious about it but the way it's written is really cute then she started doing the same she started to march around the borders of bandal city uh all by herself and all the other you know, what is she doing there and she's like very determined like uh, looking at like like uh, in the distance if there's like any enemies and um with, with her cat <laughs> With her cannon, with her cannon is called um, Boomer, um, which uh, is a very interesting name uh, because they they like to like they have a very simplistic way of naming things that are not familiar to them, and you know as you know large yodels and um, yeah she, she now she understood she need like more people to like like safeguard Bandle City. So she has like a typical, you know, like military recruits now and she's just training them and they're like really cute. Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, you guys have like something like something you've seen about Runeterra or, or like, um, 
like something about a champion that. Do you have a favorite like, champion, Green? I don't honestly because <laughs> I've never played the game. Um, this is I've played Smite, which is as close to like I understand the concept of what you talked about, especially yeah. the intro se- intro session, just as far as lanes and what heroes go where and what their kind of purpose is. That all makes sense to me. The mm-hmm. option to have 140 characters to choose from, it kind of hurts me. <laughs> Overwatch is a lot of characters right now. Like, that is more than I'm willing to even put any time into. But 140? Mm-hmm. It's like, I I don't even know where to begin. Like, is there an easy way to pick up the game and find characters that aren't going to take so much time to understand is there like a a rating system to say that this is a simple character to understand it has very basic controls not a high skill level or anything like that Mm -hmm. um so any new player who starts the game um there's something about league of legends um no matter which champions you own Mm -hmm. each each week there's a new like new uh, uh set rotation of 10 champions that are free to play, uh, free to pick. You don't have to like own them. Okay. Um, but for brand new players, uh, brand new players, as far as I know, I think they still do this. They have their own set of 10 champions until you reach a specific account level. Um, and these 10 are basically like the, the, the common basic um champions as far as mechanics go so um yeah something i forgot to mention um they announced league of legends for mobile and consoles oh really uh, yes nice um blue do you have any heroes that stand out to you no i mean like i mean I'm, uh Akali is the one that i got like that's she's actually the one because I saw the KDA thing and it was like all over YouTube for a while and then mm-hmm. I was like I was, so I was looking into it and I was like oh this is really interesting like I didn't I didn't know what it was and I was like oh it's League of Legends and that's kind of like I I'm familiar with like Overwatch does their cinematic shorts for every for every hero and I was like okay so I started watch I started like kind of digging into like the different cinematics of all the heroes and like the uh it's just like i mean blew me away i mean again just the production value of their cinematics they they also have web comics now um, yeah, yeah which are just crazy uh there's the i think it's the the northern like one of the northern or the cuz i think there's a civil war going on in the northern area and so is yeah. it is it ash is that the archer from yeah, uh, that's that's uh, okay. yeah, from from the tutorial as well. What I mentioned, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So uh, she yeah. has a she has a, a web comic, and it's like really like the story is just like the story is actually really strong. Like it it just really is. Yeah. Um, and so like, and then I I'm, I was messaging Green because like uh, Akali is or a, is it Akali Akali uh, Akali Akali. Okay, uh, her yeah. origin story is really really interesting and i think she's interwoven with another champion uh that they grew up like in the same clan or something um but then like i mean it's just like in every um every season has a different kind of like primary thing going on like the one i think for 2019 was the big uh the the mage girl 
which the fight scene with that was just it blew my mind because uh, oh, it, yeah. it was really cool watching them like take these characters and design them in a in a movie it's just i i've i'd be honest right mm. games could probably put an anime together and i'd watch and i'd watch it like no questions asked. One, I believe. oh yeah oh that's right that's right they did yeah um uh, yeah. an animated series yeah yeah i did i, I do remember can't remember i think they hired some that's actually known i can't remember who it is uh, i yeah, feel like it's a I, it's a known studio but yeah i mean it's I so like uh yeah. Those those are the ones that like immediately come to mind. Ash just has like a real like she had a really interesting and engaging story. Um, yeah, and that was like that was kind of the like the KDA thing was like silly, but it was the 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 rabbit hole that got me started down that. And then yeah. like just reading all the different like the different sides um, and the different uh, music videos that they have for each of the the big seasons. They also tell a story, and it's really fat, like just really cool seeing all these different stories kind of come together. Yeah, um, Ash is also like especially interesting with her in Freljord because in Freljord you have with all these tribes, but there are like three main factions, mm-hmm. and from two of these three factions, the leader like Ash and Sechuani from the other tribe, they are like descendants of the original three sisters who like um who like tried to gain like magical powers and then went to the north and the third one is actually still the same original sister and that's why i mentioned earlier like especially the law, like timeline and law regarding freljord mm-hmm is a bit conflicting and like the community believes that's an artificially placed plot hole because yeah, because we, we have a character that like the, the Ganondorf of League of Legends, who's like in this trifecta, the other two are always like a reincarnation, uh, like brand new lives, like uh, descendants of their uh, original, like of the original season. Why the third one is still the same. And she keeps trying to like kill the reincarnations she did not have that luck like uh, with with Ash and Sichuani and she controls uh, the citadel that has you know all these historical texts and scrolls stored in and she basically directs the history of Freljord and mm, that's why okay. I think that the plot hole is like the uh, like very precisely placed um and uh, yeah, they're like um, when you look at the creation of Rune Terra and like how it progressed. They're like there's like a pending doom that everyone is waiting for uh, from from the Watchers um, who who are like trying to open like portal into the world. That's the the Void Rifts. Like all these Void creatures are from the Watchers, but the Watchers are too big. Um, that's what they need a bigger portal and they like try every time every time they did like something like cataclysmic happened and um, shaping rune terra and its cultures and uh that seems to be the, the like the end game story i'm really excited to see like what's going to happen past that um but like like you know the the uh, the southern continent of shurima there was an empire that got like uh got destroyed because of their involvement and uh 
like uh, the the freezing of uh, Freljord with Gnar uh, included, who got like caught in all this, it was because of uh, a void rift and um, and yeah, they're like all this pending doom, like like everyone is preparing the uh, uh, the place Ionia, um, which visually is kind of like the the dreaming city, um, uh, but narratively it's the avatar of league of legends they're all mm. about harmony uh especially one character like one champion karma um and they all have like different interpretations of harmony and even within them there are like now few like feuds and rifts and like uh infighting over the interpretation of harmony and like trying to convince others to like like draw their like martial arts into like militaristic uh, society and things like that. And they're like all, everything's on edge. And that's like very, like it's, it's like interesting like, how, how these like little events like shape the rest. And uh, yeah, that's, that's really yeah. cool. Well, I appreciate all the hard work that you did, but real quick for you, could you give us a reminder where we can find you on uh, Twitter or whatever, whatever other sites you, you frequent? Yes. So, um, on Twitter at dancing bureau, same on Twitch. And, uh, I don't have anything up yet on YouTube. Well, not for quite some time, but I am editing some highlights that I like from some games, some Apex Legends I played with a friend of mine and uh, as well as Magic the Gathering and um, and Teamfight Tactics, which I forgot to mention. Uh, it is, it is um, I don't know if it's called a mode. It is within League of Legends. Uh, it's an auto-brawler game. I don't, have you seen Dota Auto Chess or like any similar Auto Chess games? Uh, it sounds um, familiar. Teamfight Tactics is actually the where you can experience best like the the multiverse aspect because each mm-hmm. set each set is based on skins and yeah but yeah outside of that uh, it's it's just like automatic gameplay but but yeah that's something that I tend to stream on Twitch and you might see some highlights there on YouTube as well but yeah basically dancing Viru basically everywhere perfect and then do you have any shout outs for for this last the advanced session. That was my friend that I just mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. Kazi Games, K A C I E Games, together on on Twitch and Twitter. Um, it's been quite. Uh, it was very. It's uh, very endearing to uh, have you know someone to play with, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, she she also get, got into Destiny too. Uh, she doesn't play as regularly as me, but uh, but she also has a Twitch and YouTube channel with her highlights. And just recently, I got her into Magic: The Gathering, and she found a deck uh, that she beat me with three times in a row. <laughs> nice. Um, what um, kind of deck is it? Is it a like? It's this. Uh, I think it's based on this Is It tech uh, deck, the Red Blue, where <laughs> she she found yes. she found a red, red blue. blue. <laughs> She found a, a loop with which uh, every time she draws a card, I have to mow my library. And, no. and you know, I had this massive plan in, in the third game in a row after I lost the uh, previous two. I thought, okay, maybe I should pick my green-black deck based on uh, Undergrowth because then <laughs> oh I can God. at least use my yeah. graveyard. Uh, uh-huh. 
But still, she managed to not only get my key cards into the uh, graveyard, but also lots of my mana cards. So I couldn't oh, yeah. So yeah, that, that's Cassie Gaines. Also, I want to like uh, like a little clap for her. She's an essential worker. She works for the NHS. Oh wow! Um, yeah, big big shout out for that then. Yeah, she's uh, very awesome and she's very stressed. Uh, and uh, yeah, quite happy that I introduced her to magic. For those who are interested, check her, check her out on YouTube and Twitch. Yeah. Green, what about you? You know, I don't necessarily have any shout outs for the secondary one. Um, this week has been ups and downs. And oh, how about this? By the time this comes out, this is going to be old news. But Hamilton is now available on Disney Plus for you to watch. If you have never seen Hamilton or even know what Hamilton is, you must have had a strange childhood. So, yeah, you should I get look that it up. It has been trending on Twitter for over 24 hours now. Yeah, um, it's it's okay. It's like Hamilton no, just is like, very just much like so the fact that it's right. available. Right. I meant the whole the whole thing about not maybe not knowing what it is. It is very, very much so an Americanized thing because it is kind of a little bit of our history turned up with a different twist on it. But as far as it being a very important release currently, it the entire musical is done by people of color, which was also written by a person of color. Also very big right now. Uh, I know who you can shout out. Who can I shout out? You can shout out Sav- uh, Savatun for topping the charts in Spotify with her <laughs> earworm. <laughs> I mean, oh, no. I don't want to shout out myself. Why would I do that? <laughs> oh my god, it just dawned on me. Earworm. Hi, Savatun. Worm, of course. Earworms. It makes right. sense. Right? Okay. It's, um, also, it's also very, very... um quaint that the editing and the release of the video was done with the with the assistance of blue and orchid but i released it i edited it i may have yeah you are charged it with you, are, you are the producer you you roll. are the ones who are gonna let those two crunch mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. like chew them out of the music industry again and then enjoy the earworm and the the, tri- the tributes you get from the earworms i will make blue a star <laughs> <laughs> wink wink <laughs> shout out to apparently my new music producer um yeah <laughs> oh man but no yeah just a big shout out to everyone you know i know the week has the week has been an interesting one for sure um but we appreciate you guys sticking sticking through and for those in the live chat we appreciate you guys staying with us and keeping the chat rolling it's been really fun reading some of the some of the stuff going on between the episodes um (laughs) but that being said i want to thank you for your time and remember until next time with wisdom we conquer stand strong stand tall and keep exploring with that we'll begin to wrap the chat up thank you again to those over on twitch for coming to spend your evening with us if you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash chat links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on itunes as well so until next time focus your fire 
and may your light shine bright.